Welcome to Cities Down South, our podcast about cities and planning and transportation and complete streets and all, all the kinds of stuff about how we live and move and get around in the southern United States. And, and particularly here, we're looking at Georgia. And we've got two really, really great guests today. We've got Myrtle Habersham and Kay Sabetta from the AARP talking about their complete streets and livable communities initiatives. Uh, this is a really, really cool topic, and I'm really glad we've gotten both of them and AARP on here to talk about this because I think it's an issue that a lot of people don't know that AARP is involved in. Um, and I think they've done a lot of really good work over the years, and I'm, I'm excited to have them here to talk about their view on these critical issues. So let's go ahead and get started. Kay, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? First, let me just say thank you, Scott, for inviting us um, to participate in this uh, podcast. My name is Kay Sabetta, and I'm the Associate State Director for Community Outreach with AARP Georgia. I am responsible for promoting our AARP Georgia Livable Communities Initiative, and that supports the efforts of neighborhoods, towns, cities, counties, and entire states to become more livable and age-friendly for people of all ages. And uh, my name is Myrtle Habersham. I physically live in Macon, Georgia, but have the honor of serving on the AARP Georgia Executive Council as an ambassador for age-friendly livable communities, which means that I am the volunteer lead working with Kay Sabetta and our other colleagues and in, 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 uh, working with the various communities and enrolling them in the age-friendly communities national program that's sponsored by AARP and the World Health Organization. This is a global program and not only do we work to get them enrolled, then I also have the opportunity of working with Kay and others to support these efforts once they're enrolled. So we're very excited about participating, as Kay said today, on this podcast because as we talk about complete streets and pedestrian safety and transportation, all of these are things that impact the, the, the qualities of life of, for individuals who live in our communities and who visit our communities and work in our communities, what we refer to as livable, age-friendly communities. So again, thank you. Yeah, thank you both so much for, for joining me on the show and talking to us about all your, your expertise yeah, Merle, what, what you just talked about is something that I really want to start with, and it's, and it's that a lot of times when I talk about safe streets or complete streets or um, you know, cycling and walkability and things like that, a lot of times people immediately start to think that we're talking about something that is really only for millennials or young people, and it's kind of a yuppie amenity. Um, it's, it's something that's nice to have, and it's kind of something that's for people who like to dress up in their in, in biking clothes and go riding and, and you know go touring and are really into fitness or or something like that but um, you know it's and then the idea that it's for a small subset of people and that everybody else is, is kind of uh, being ignored or or these are special projects for a certain subset of people but what you're saying is that that's that's not really the right picture exactly I mean you said it beautifully the in fact, if you think about it, and we'll go back to something that Kay alluded to when she says 
uh, age-friendly, livable communities for people of all ages. And so what we say in AARP, whether you're eight or you're 80, yes, you think of uh, many older people as it relates to maybe some of the driving challenges that we have, uh, but mobility, but think about people who are in who are also have baby strollers or who are biking or who are have their scooters out or active, healthy living. I mean, one of the things that COVID has reinforced over and over again is that we've got to stay active, to stay healthy. That means getting out, enjoying the green space, enjoying the street areas and all of that. So if we don't have complete streets for a week where they're compatible with sidewalks, and walking areas and crosswalks and lighted areas that that impacts people of all age groups and that's why complete streets walkability transportation all of that is so important for our communities and i and i also want to echo scott if i may um to really to define what we at aarp and our partners with world health um the global network of of um age-friendly work. So when we say a livable community, what we mean is that um, that community is safe and secure. Uh, it contains housing that is affordable and appropriate because we know the word affordability means different things for different people. Um, it features transportation options like what Myrtle just shared, um, access to uh, needed services, you know, school, work, um, going to your place of worship, the park, um, the store, um, and opportunities for residents to engage and, and participate in community life. Um, so getting around and for that being safe is so critical. And the work that we're doing with our elected officials, um, uh, public officials like you, Scott, stakeholders, residents, um, the reason we are working on this with, with our stakeholders is because America is aging. Uh, we don't have to look to other countries like Japan and China. Um, we have a, a approximately 45 million Americans that are 65 and older. And um, by 2030, that number will be 73. So uh, we need to prepare. One of the things that I've been looking at over the past couple weeks is some surveys. Um, and some of the things that I've seen, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, one of the main results that we find when we survey older Americans is that they pretty much overwhelmingly want to stay in their homes. They don't really want, and in their communities, right? They don't want to go to an isolated kind of retirement home or go somewhere else. They want to stay where they are. They want to age in place as, as they say. So, you know, the struggle that we're having is that, you know, a lot of people are in a, are in an area that's very car centric or, or difficult to get around outside of a vehicle, um, a motor vehicle. And they're, they're pretty okay for, you know, a, a good while. Um, but as you get, you know, a lot older, as you get older, you start to be more likely to develop mobility issues um, and, you know, some issues with eyesight and, and things like that that suddenly make it a little bit more difficult and a little bit more difficult until it becomes it becomes quite difficult to to navigate some of these auto-oriented places. 
And, you know, after a while, you face a choice. You either, um, you know, stay where you are and have to focus on, you know, driving all the time and feeling more and more unsafe, uh, you know, navigating these spaces, or you you move and you try to find somewhere else. Um, but, you, you know, in doing that, you're leaving the community that you've, you know, you've grown up with and that you've kind of settled down in. Or alternatively, you just stop being able to participate in society, um, which can be very, very isolating and very lonely and leads to all kinds of other problems. Uh, Scott, I think you just uh, made several points that reinforce the importance a lot of the work that we're doing in AARP as it relates to livable, age-friendly communities. In fact, one of the things that you alluded to, surveys that are done, where each year AARP does this community preference survey. And last time they did one, they included not only the 50 plus, but people who are 18 and over. And, and the responses were very similar. People want to stay in their communities as long as those communities are supporting their needs. And so when you start talking about what Kay said earlier, the housing, the social inclusion, the civic engagement, all of those things are very important, but they've got to be affordable and they've got to be accessible. So that's real important. Another statistic that Kay and I often use when we're doing presentations or briefings or, or whatever on our age-friendly program is that driving ability. Again, that's why it's got to be accessible because some people lose their ability to drive, but they still want to be mobile and to get out and, and see their friends and neighbors and all. And so uh, the statistic says that for women, usually about eight years on average, after they turn 65, they lose their ability or interest in driving. And for men, it's about six years after. But these are still citizens who want to contribute, who can offer volunteer assistance and knowledge and skills. And so that mobility issue and being safe and accessible is real important. And so, again, I go back to COVID because that we're still in a COVID era now and we've experienced it the last year. One of the things that AARP has strongly advocated for is to make sure that we're addressing isolation issues and making sure that we're doing a lot of virtual things and webinars and musical and artsy kinds of things to keep our members engaged because, again, depression and isolation have affected not only older people, but younger people also of all ages. So when you talk about livable communities and transportation and all that, it's all connected. Again, that's why when um, we started off early and I think Kay and maybe I alluded to the fact that we are really working with, uh, with residents and our elected officials and nonprofit organizations to, to hopefully get uh, Georgia to sign up as an age-friendly because all of these things are so important if people are going to remain in the state and it's going to continue to grow, if we're going to be able to invite our friends and relatives to visit, and we're going to offer those quality of life features that we all need and want in our community. So it's all connected. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me, Kay, when we talk about complete streets, um, what exactly for folks who may not know, what exactly are we talking about when we say that phrase? Are, are we talking about um, kind of interventions for cars? Are we talking about more crosswalks? Are we talking about sidewalks or bike lanes and trails? 
or green space, or is it all of the above? What exactly do you picture when you when you think about complete streets? I'm so glad you asked that. That is a really good question. Um, we're talking about all of that because all of the that is is important and critical to have safe, walkable, and age friendly um, streets and uh, uh, streets that are uh, bikeable. Um, in some urban and suburban areas in in Georgia, um, some folks are you know getting around with uh, the e-scooters, especially here in Atlanta and Midtown, um, and and all over the all over the world. And we know that if we don't share the road with cars and do that in a safe manner, people die. And based on the Dangerous by Design uh, 2021, it's a report by Smart um, Growth America and the National Complete Streets Coalition Initiative. Unfortunately, 45, uh, 45%, there was a 45% increase in um, people being struck just by walking and, uh, and crossing the street, uh, you know, getting off a bus and crossing the, like a fourth lane street. And, you know, we need to design better highways, roads, streets um, to prevent these traffic deaths, which are largely preventable. And so older adults, people of color and individuals in low income communities, unfortunately, are disproportionately impacted by these uh, fatal crashes. Yeah, absolutely. I want to I wanna go back a little bit and talk about, okay, both you and Myrtle mentioned the Dangerous by Design report, and I think that's going to be a really interesting thing to talk about for a minute. So if I, if I may give a brief introduction, uh, the Dangerous by Design report is a, is a periodic report that comes out about, you know, every couple of years, um, and it, it kind of is a, a document that highlights the state of the nation in terms of pedestrian and bicycle crashes. Uh, and it's it's one of the most bleak planning documents that comes out regularly. Um, it's 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 especially over the last couple of years as as deaths have risen, um, it's it's almost taken on an exhausted tone. Um, it's it's quite it's quite bad. And the way it works is it it kind of ranks different states and cities based on their level of relative pedestrian fatalities um, through different things. And it and one of the things that's particularly interesting about this report is that it's it's prescriptive in an interesting way in that it looks at all these different crashes and all these different deaths and all these different injuries and it kind of starts to figure out why these are happening. And a lot of times it's more complicated than we might think. It's it's not and and it gives you some ideas for how we could make things better. Um, but there's a lot of stuff going on. For, it might not be something as simple as, oh, it was dark out. It's not something as simple as it was raining or we need, we need more light, we need more crosswalks, it's, or we need a sidewalk here. There's a lot of other factors going on. Um, and why don't, uh, let's talk a little bit about that from, from your perspective. Uh, the work that AARP Georgia is uh, doing with our age-friendly cities, with the help of our elected officials and uh, advocates and residents. Macon was the first uh, Vision Zero city in, in the state uh, a few years ago and has been 
really a, a great lead for for us in Metro Atlanta. And um, last year, uh, April 2020, the city of Atlanta um, uh, was established as a, a, a Vision Zero city. Their new commissioner, um, Josh Rowan, um, was great to work with us. Um, and, and when I mean us with AARP, uh, the Atlanta Bicycle Coalition, who is uh, one of our partners that led the charge with other uh, partners like PEDS, which is an advocacy uh, organization that uh, um, advocates for more walkability and um, safety uh, in our streets. Um, we rallied around and um, made it happen. Thankfully, the city, Atlanta City Council um, uh, voted unanimously to, um, one, to reduce the traffic speed um, from, from 30 to 25 miles an hour, as well as uh, adopting the uh, Vision Zero um, program for the city of Atlanta. And the Dangerous by Design uh, report, I believe is done, I think every two years by the um, Smart Growth America and uh, it's a National Complete Streets uh, Coalition and initiative. All of this ties into what Myrtle and I uh, and you, we were talking about, about age-friendly and all of those domains of housing, transit, uh, communications. And this report basically positions Georgia as number nine this year. Uh, in the country, we are number nine, um, which is shocking of our place to live here and to be struck by a car or killed. It's not a good place for us to be. And uh, the issues that they, the issues that they um, presented, apart from speed being a number one factor for pedestrian fatalities, um, two was that streets with wide lanes encourage faster driving, regardless of the posted um, speed limit. Um, number three, uh, slip lanes uh, were designed to prevent vehicles from uh, needling to slow down when making right turns. You know, uh, streets with wider corners create long crossing distances for pedestrians. Um, there's the issue of streets that aren't um, properly, that, pro that without properly placing um, crosswalks leave pedestrians very vulnerable. And I know that our listeners have either unfortunately experienced or seen someone crossing, regardless of age, the, street, uh, the crosswalk and cars coming and very impatiently wanting them to cross faster than they really should. So these issues um, with how, with engineering, you know, when you're crossing the street and you see the countdown, it's scary. You know, if you have a couple of seconds to cross the street and you have walkability issues or you're holding on to your children or your pet or and if, it's, if there isn't a medium halfway through, it can be disastrous. Yeah, and those those countdown timers are designed, you know, um, pretty regularly are designed for the, you know, a 25-year-old male walking speed, which, you know, leaves <laughs> leaves out quite a lot of people, doesn't it? 
Scott, I, I was I was going to say a couple of things, uh, and then I wanted to mention a couple of things that AARP is also doing on a national level, is that, as Kay said, we were the first in making the first Vision Zero uh, uh, participant, and that means that, that we formally signed on to the governor's plan where that said that zero pedestrian deaths is the only standard or objective that we should be accepting. Obviously, we're not there. Uh, we've done a lot of things as it relates to education and outreach and enforcement. But just like the Dangerous by Design report says, and as Kay was summarizing, is that what we found is that's just kind of nipping around the bud. It's really the roadway design and the lack of sufficient mm -hmm. policies. So we've, we've, we've stepped up our efforts in doing more road audits well, right before COVID. We haven't done as many since. But the year before COVID and all of the kind of shutdown, we were doing, we were having neighborhood watch groups look, working with the sheriff's department and looking at their traffic fatalities and some of the issues that were reported by them and having formal on-site audits and supported, several of which were supported in person by uh, the Department of the Georgia Department of Transportation that has helped a lot to partner with them. But again, the funds, whenever you identify what's needed, then this has to go into the priority list. And that's where we need federal, state, local funds to make those changes. So that's been very helpful. We've even some of our, our deaths, as we for pedestrian deaths, as we look at it, was with children. And so our health department designed a coloring book that had traffic signals and uh, signs and all that were distributed to third grades and below. So some of, a lot of those educational outreach, uh, uh, advocacy kinds of things we've done, but three things I wanna mention that AARP's been doing, they've got uh, a complete street guide, uh, is they've got examples of templates and, and directions on writing complete streets. And so that uh, uh, may be helpful. They also have a toolkit, complete street toolkit that's available again because we're all still learning what works and what doesn't and how it needs to be modified in the communities. And then uh, one of the things that I noticed is look on the website, I've not participated, but they've got ARP blogs as it relates to completion, sharing stories, uh, best practices, all this. So again, on a national level, as well as the state level where Kay and I are, we're, we're trying to do things to work with the community, but it keeps going back to, you need advocates for policy and, and procedural and regulation change. You need funding for this. And these roads are designed. Think about, Kay lives in Atlanta. Think about how we constantly com uh, 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 complain about traffic. We complain about traffic and make that's nothing compared to Atlanta. That's where the funds are being put into to moving traffic, not helping people and pedestrians to be safer. And I think those are some of the things that, that have to turn around if we're to have the kind of success that we're wanting with this. So we've talked a couple of times, you guys have both talked a couple of times about age-friendly communities and age-friendly cities. So what, what exactly does that mean? What, what makes a city or a region or a state an age-friendly community? Yeah, well, well, what that means is, to go back, uh, this program was started by the World Health Organization. So it was a national program back in, uh, 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 a global program. Back in 2012, the World Health, it was really late 2011, the World Health Organization came to AARP and says, look, 
you have more than 40, at that time we had more than 40 million members. And we've got a phenomena that we need to make sure our communities are planning for. It's the aging of the world. And AARP, will you be a partner with us in the United States and get this program started so that we're looking at quality of life features in eight specific categories? And these are categories that there was a lot of research done on, which relates, again, back to what we've been talking about, housing, transportation, outdoor spaces, communications, and that engagement so that people can live independently and still be involved, but still make sure that they're in their communities. So it's that global network of communities that is supported by AARP and the World Health Organization what we do is that we tell them about the program. It entitles them to, to all kinds of webinars and, and uh, partnerships and collaborations and sharing of best practices. But each of these communities, whether it's a, a community, it's a territory, or it's a state, what they agree to do is to work toward improving and enhancing quality of life in these categories for their residents. And they have to, uh, after being in the program for a couple of years, they have to complete an action plan. They work with AARP to update it. But it's a proactive, strategic approach to addressing quality of life features that are important to our residents. And it relates to those eight categories. And you mentioned something that we definitely want to put a plug in. You mentioned, uh, I'll tell you, Kay is our staff lead. She is doing an awesome Awesome, it doesn't describe it, an outstanding job on leading this effort. So we have more than a million of our 9 million residents in Georgia that live in communities already that are covered. Uh, uh, Southwest Georgia has just been approved. That's 44 municipalities and 14 counties, about 350,000 people that have just uh, uh, been uh, just entered into the AIDS-friendly uh, community and they're the first region in the country. Uh, they are going to have a special ceremony, designation ceremony on May uh, 27th at six o'clock. It's going to be virtual, but we're really excited about that. And then we have a couple of other regions that are coming on. So again, it's just working with leadership, nonprofit, political <laughs> to say this is the program that takes a proactive approach, a seal of approval for this global program that's working toward quality of life for residents in these categories. That's fantastic. That sounds like a great program. So tell me a little bit, um, what what should people do? You know, if I wanted to get involved, I wanted to, to do something with ARP, I wanted to get involved in Complete Streets, what would be, what would be my next step? Well, again, first of all, thank you so much, Scott, for this opportunity. This is so important. And one of the things that AARP is we believe very strongly in getting information out to uh, to the members in our state and our residents to make sure that they stay as informed and support the efforts. So if people and how can you not be interested in making sure that your community and our community is more livable, age friendly, and that it supports quality of, of, of life initiatives for all of us. And so what we encourage is get involved. Uh, we are a large state. We have more than a million members in AARP, and we care about livability as it relates to transportation, safety, housing, 
uh, accessibility. So again, you can go to our website, or you can look at the national AARP website, which is aarp.org. And within that site, if you want to know more about pedestrian safety, if you want to know more about uh, uh, any of the things we've talked about, there are all kinds of searches you can do where there are resources available. So get involved, support the advocacy efforts that we are supporting in Georgia as your AARP advocates. And again, uh, we appreciate all of the support and we hope to see you and work with you in more of the AIDS-friendly livable communities when we're able to get out to your communities. Great. Um, I just love that Myrtle got to say this first because what I'm going to say about you joining us, you know, we want you to join us and become an age-friendly, a, a livable community. Some of you may be unaware that your city or community is already part of the work that we're doing, part of the network. Um, Myrtle is a great example uh, of that. She is a community leader in her community, Macon Bib, very actively involved in the work that we're doing at the state level and local and regional level. So as a staffer at AARP Georgia, I need more Myrtles to work with me. <laughs> I need more Myrtles to work with me. I'm only one person. Um, but So we need more Myrtles. We need more Scots um, so that so we have stakeholders. You know, visit our website at aarp.org slash livable dash communities. Um, that's aarp.org slash livable dash communities. If you want to know what we're doing here in Georgia, visit our website at aarp.org slash GA. But we can't do this without you. So AARP provides resources that elected officials, local leaders, policymakers, citizens, residents like you, um, to make sure that our communities are livable for all and our staff and our volunteers are working at the national, state, and local level to do this together. So, and thank you, Scott, um, so much for the opportunity to, to do this. Well, that's it for today's episode of Cities Down South. Thank you so much for Kay and Myrtle for coming and talking to me about Complete Streets. It's, it's a really great organization, AARP, and what they've been doing um, in this space over the last many, many years, um, both in Georgia and nationally. So thank you again for, for both of them for coming on and for, and for talking to us and sharing what they've been doing in Georgia to, to help us get to a, a safer transportation network for everybody. Seas Down South is a production of the Coastal Regional Commission of Georgia with support from the Georgia Department of Transportation. So thank you very much for listening, and I hope to see you next time.